This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, the last time Washington won at Stanford, Lewis Rankin ran for 255 yards back in 2007 as the Huskies beat Jim Harbaugh and the Cardinal 27-9. 14 years came and went without it happening until last night. The Husky offense awoke in the game's final two minutes as a Dylan Morris pass connected with Jalen McMillan in the end zone with 21 seconds left. It was Washington's only touchdown of the game, but it was enough to get the job done as the Huskies prevailed on the road 20 to 13. Uh, here to talk about the win and its possible ramifications, Joey Dangerously and Willie Doog. And gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, what were your thoughts from last night? Joey, I'll start with you. Uh, as soon as, uh, as soon as that pass uh, was completed to McMillan, I, uh, I was struck by inner Dugness. I was stoked. I was pumped. <laughs> I couldn't hide it. Um, I know we're supposed to root for this team to lose. I, I find it impossible to root for to root for the team to lose. Um, I want I want coordinators fired still. I but I have an understanding that Jimmy Lake's not going anywhere, so I'm I'm basically putting him on probation. <laughs> Like you better, you better make you better make good of this, little Jimmy. You better make good of this, or you're in big trouble, Mister. You know, uh, it, it was it was just a good. Uh, it's just good to beat you know that smug asshole down there. You know that uh, gets up for you know a couple games a year and looks like shit the rest of the year time now. Um, so I don't know. It was, it, it was good. I, I'm, I'm fine. I, uh, I still think the offense is just atrociously bad. So it, it is what it is. Good, good win. Good victory. Makes you feel good on a, you know, Sunday morning. So. Well, and you say you say that we're supposed to root for them to lose, but I mean it's not like uh, I don't. It's not like all the hardcore Husky posters are marching in lockstep with that idea. Um, so I mean, you you're probably at least fifty percent of the board is is not thinking that way, you know. Well, I mean, if you're towing around, if you're towing the line of five hundred you know, you're kind of stuck in this no man's land. So, yes. you know, you're, you're, where's the program going? Well, if you're, if you're six and six, you know, or seven and five, you know, or five and seven or whatever, right. You know, you know, the head coach isn't going anywhere, but you're, you're like, okay, are they going to go down or are they going to go up from here? We know the offense is, this is not going to, it's not going to happen with this offense. We're, you know, we're going to be stuck in this, uh, you know, we're going to be stuck in neutral with, with this stupid offense. So um, as long as something could change, because uh, I don't think the players have quit on, on Jimmy. I think uh, the, I think the players have, I think the players have quit on uh, John Donovan and probably junior Adams from what Hugh Millen was saying on the radio this week. And Willie, what's going? What's rattling around in that noggin of yours? <laughs> well, I gotta say, you know, you don't want to know all of it, but uh, related related to last night's game, I mean, it, it feels I'll good. I'll tell you to, off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Text me. I'll send you a two thousand word uh, email about it. You know, uh, I gotta run it by my my therapist first, but uh, and, and your attorney. <laughs> And my attorney, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it feels good to get a, for, you know, us, you know, to get a win uh, above all else and win at Stanford, you know, the first time beating Stanford since 2018. Uh, you know, it's 
you, you got to take some, you know, you got to take some joy in that. It was a somewhat enjoyable game. You got a game at the end where <clears throat> you had an exciting end finish where they pulled it off, which has been rare in recent Husky history. Um, yeah, I mean, they got the they got the Bay Area team monkey off the back. They left that monkey down there, you know. Uh, after really struggling with Cal and Stanford, they they've beaten both of them, which is perfect because. Imagine if they could have just beat Cal and Stanford in 2019 when they uh, when they were better than both of those teams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or if they could have beat if they could have beat Stanford in 2017 and Cal in 2018. You know, this, this year, of course, you know, this is the year they beat those teams. But they did it. Uh, you know, there there were some nice things to see. I can't root against the team at all, even though I do think that win probably 100%. You know, sealed the deal that you know Lake is coming back next year. I think they were they probably had to lose out to, to, to fire him and they did not and it also signals to me that they might win a couple more games. I mean, they could win a, they could win their next four games, they could lose their next four games, or they could win two, they could win any number of games. And that proved that to me. Uh, you know, I think the last thing to say is that Stanford team did not look good. Uh they did not look hyped up to play Washington the way they have in recent years. And, you know, I, I'm, their quarterback looked way worse than I've seen him in other games that I've watched this year. He looked like the only quarterback I've ever seen, like, flummoxed by the by the prevent defense. It looked like he was just – it looked like they had just bamboozled him. He was just – when they would drop back into coverage, he would get suckered into, you know, throwing it. And, yeah, I mean, Stanford did not look good. But a win to win, back-to-back road wins, you know. They, the Pac-12 made sure – you know, to give the Huskies back-to-back road games before they played Oregon uh, and, and give Oregon to Colorado. Uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, there's 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 some positive there. Well, we get, I mean, the bigger picture thing is still there, but right now it's a win, and it's a win over a program at a place that they've really struggled at in most of my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, and as I was saying to you guys off the off the air before we started recording, um, is that when, when that ball was sailing down into uh, McMillan's arms in the end zone, I was like, yeah! Oh, no. <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> because, uh, you know, there's still a little bit of a, a flickering flame of dugness in me and uh, want obviously want to see the Huskies win. And then at the same time, I was like, I, I've already, I already figured, though, that there's no way that... Jimmy would uh, get let go even if we finish three and nine. Um, uh, again, barring a scandal. Um, but my so my 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 hope is um, is that they have to uh, you know uh, tear down the uh, the whole uh, assistant coaches situation and build it back up again. And and within. The new people that would come in, there would be a couple of real firebrands that could get uh, hit the recruiting trail and turn things around so that we don't turn into, you know, whatever. Um, like we've said, Minnesota or Iowa State up until lately or whatever, so <laughs> Northwestern. So, um, you know, uh, but uh, given the – I mean, like, some of them – if you were I, – I, you know, I have never really written this out, but if I was to list, like, the ten most frustrating losses of the 21st century – uh, half of them would probably be to Stanford and, and the way that we've often been better than them, and yet we end up just – they end up doing these 22-play drives in the fourth quarter and score the touchdown. And and I don't hate Shaw like a lot of people, uh, but, uh, you know, he gets that smirk on the sideline and you just go, fuck. You know, and uh, at least for one year we put that to a rest, so. Did the, uh, did the trajectory of that pass – that Morris threw, did it look like he was over – it looked – as soon as he came out of his hand last night, it looked like he was going to overthrow whoever he was throwing it to. Uh, for some reason, uh, to me, I even watched it again this morning, I was like, God, it looks like he's just chucking it way out of the back, of the back corner of the end zone and uh, it just lands in McMillan's hands. Uh, I don't know, it, was, it was just looked so weird coming out of his hands. Are you um, suggesting that a divine gust of wind came from above and blew it back down? <laughs> the, it, it was the uh, the football equivalent of the junior mint. <laughs> hey, Jerry, you want one? You, you, 
you they can be quite refreshing. You, you guys and your you guys and your Seinfeld references. Uh, uh, Willie, were you going to say something a second ago? No, I was going to say I didn't really even pay attention at all because I was so shocked that they made that play call and made that uh, made that uh, move in that situation. I was so ready for them to run the ball. <laughs> put the game in the hands of Peyton Henry. Uh, I just, I think I blacked out. But though on replay, it looked a lot like Jake, Jake Browning's touchdown to Dante Pettis in the Peach Bowl. So uh, hmm. it gave Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never thought of that. Yeah. Kind of a rainbow. Yeah. That was a perfect play call because they were like, you can tell the way Stanford was lining up. They're like, oh, yeah, they're just going to like, uh, Dylan Morris is going to, take a knee in the middle of the, between the hashes and, you know, then they're going to get ready to spike it or whatever. And yeah, McMillan just goes right to the, right to the back corner and catches that ball. It was, you know, great play call. I was done. Got to give, got to give John Don some credit. Sure. You know, well, even that, there was that one, uh, there was that one he missed, uh, Morris missed Otten. It was like, that was the, they called that play specifically for Otten to, you know, hook right at the right at the goal line, and uh, Boris just didn't pull the trigger, and it was it was open, it was ready. Um, so there, there's there's been some good play calls that was that that have been on the on the player's execution too. So, well, Morris threw some of the ugliest, horrible, incomplete passes that I've that I've ever seen last night, there were three or four that was just like, that would have extended drives and he's thrown it at people's feet or behind them or, <clears throat> and, and not even under that much duress. Um, so mm-hmm. it was the strange thing is, Morris. I, I think we're all three in agreement with this. At the beginning of the year, we thought Dylan Morris was going to be a strong suit and that our receiving core was going to be very subpar. And it's been the absolute uh, converse of that. Yeah, I, uh, that to me, I mean, you know, points to Morris for making that play at the end of the game. He had some nice throws, you know, in later drives. But overall, that was not a good game for him, especially because, as you were saying, there was a lot of plays where he wasn't pressured that hard. They had the right play call. The receiver had space, and he just he didn't even give the receiver a chance to make the play. And, you know, they, they were getting in the red zone, and they weren't even making attempts at the end zone, uh, you know, I think how many times did he get to the red zone? And they he probably only threw into the end zone like two or three times. That's it's not a good sign of a quarterback that you know you can get excited about. Uh, you know it was not of all the people to blame. You know they get blamed for everything going bad this season. This was the game where I felt like he was really the weak link. You know for the most part of anyone, even though they got the win. You wonder why O'Brien doesn't merit at least a series at some point. Well, any of them. But O'Brien, Heward, I, yeah, I don't really uh, – there's a lot of just puzzling things about this uh, this staff and their, their players. I mean, how, why is it taking this long for Hampton to play? Yes. Uh, it, Kamari Pleasant was on. Uh, we saw him on at least two punt teams, so he played, but didn't get a carry. Uh, it was just. I, I'm not complaining. I'm not bitching about anything Cam Davis did last night because it was a good game oh, by yeah. Cam Davis, and he and he got robbed of a hundred yards by a fucking terrible spot on that uh, that third down. Um, but the, some of the substitutions and the, um, you know, we're not going to play this guy. And I, I mean, it's, it's been really, it's just been a really bizarre year of, uh, piece of it. They keep doing this weird Victor Kern, Mateo melee, right tackle thing. Um, I don't think I don't think they swapped Ale and Bulo out yesterday, but 
they're they're, uh, they're eight games into the year, and they this coaching staff doesn't know what players you know to play and where to play them and when to play them. It's it's, it's getting a little irritating. Well, it seems like they got their face right up close to the whole thing, and they have an inability just to stand back and look at the big picture. And as you already mentioned or alluded to a second ago, it's like Pleasant uh, looked really good last week. And, and then for him to not even get one carry to, uh, yesterday, um, as I, you know, by the third quarter, I'm like, what's going on here? I don't understand it. And at the same time, uh, McGrew – they keep running him up the middle, but yesterday there were actually holes for him to run through, and he looked great, and Davis looked great, or really good anyways. Um, you know, and I'm looking at the stats right here, five and a half yards to carry for the team. Uh, I, I don't know that we've been over four this year. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, if you take away uh, Arkansas State. Um, so, you know what? There was not. You know, it was there was a lot to like in regards to the running game. But yes, why? You know, why wouldn't you give Pleasant five carries? Give you know, didn't he? You'd like to think that we live in a meritocracy of some sort. So you'd think that he had earned that opportunity last week, and then all of a sudden, you know, what's going through his mind as he's toiling on special teams and not getting a chance to to line up under a normal play at the line of scrimmage? I don't understand it. So. And I don't want to sit here and complain after – just do nothing but complain after a victory, too. So uh, you guys can, uh, you know, help steer me back on course if I go off track. But, you know, <laughs> I don't understand things that are going on. So, Well, for one thing, you know, kind of final analysis of the game on my end. I mean, going into the game on paper, it was a really good matchup for Washington. Stanford couldn't run the ball, couldn't – and couldn't defend the run, which is perfect for the Huskies. It's just the only thing we've seen this for, you know, two years in a row. That was Stanford's deal. Then the Huskies came in and couldn't do anything. So it's good to see that, you know, reality exists. And, you know, they're not just cursed against uh, – they're not just cursed against uh, the Cardinal. Uh, and then the other thing to me was, you know, uh, with those personnel things, it just seems like there's so many things that – it's taken them so long to figure out, like you were saying, like MJ Ale clearly to me is better than Buelo. Um And, you know, Carson Bruner is the guy at linebacker. Dominique Hampton's the guy at safety. Uh, but it just took them so long to figure that out that we're almost in November. And Carson Bruner, yeah. 15 tackles and a sack. Yeah. <clears throat> and he caught a fumble on that sack. Yes. Great game. And great, I think he almost had great the interception, too. Great breakout game. It's like that was a 15-tackle day where you where he, you know, made an impact and you noticed, you know, you noticed his impact. You know, it wasn't like, you know, a Jackson Sermon game where he has 11 tackles and you're like, I don't, I don't remember one single uh, play that he, that he made, you know? Uh, yeah, that was a great game. Found something, uh, found something in Carson Bruner way too late in the season, just like uh, Ula Foscio in 2019. <laughs> How was this guy not yeah. playing for Kyler Manu, you know, the whole year? Uh, it's a little frustrating to see it so late, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. And Hampton had two big hits, just wallops. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see that that intimidating present, you know, that, uh, you know, Wooly Duke pointed out last night, like, you know, now running back see that on film and, they're going to be afraid to cut back, you know, to the middle, you know, knowing they're going to get popped by him. Um, It'll at least be in the back of their mind. I don't know if they'll be afraid or not, but they'll be they'll be aware. Well, you won't be able to tell by Travis Dye next week because he runs with you know two hands, <laughs> two hands covering the ball like a like a fucking dork. <laughs> So. so there's a good transition to next week. Oregon. <laughs> Yay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Willie, dude, t- uh, it's on ABC. 
four yeah. thirty next week. You t- can you uh, give a preview of what everybody's going to hear on the uh, on the ABC broadcast so they can quickly get it timed with the radio broadcast instead of throwing vomiting in their in their mouth. Oh, you're talking. I mean, I uh, <laughs> if I end up watching the game, you know, I, I will not have. Uh, I cannot have the the, the TV broadcast on because I can't hear about Thibodeau anymore. Uh, I can't. <laughs> and the worst part is the Husky pass protection is so bad. He probably will have you know a huge game. And Washington fans have been the only people to you know call out and you know question anything about the guy. So he's probably going to be super jacked up to have a big game. And he's. Kind of a – he's a guy who actually shows up. He shows up, like, in big games or when he plays in L.A., and then otherwise he kind of just doesn't really do that much a lot. So he's probably going to be really up for the game. I'm not that – I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, the uh, the Oregon and Cal game, he uh, – <laughs> the Cal called a screen, right? So um, I'm, I, I – I, I mean, ESPN is probably paid to say this or something. They were like, oh, look at the pressure Thibodeau had on the quarterback. And it's like, he has a fucking screen. They're supposed <laughs> to let him through the line. That's the design of the play. Uh, like, the I mean, design of the play is to let the guy through. I mean, I could go on for hours about the specific weirdness of that thing. But, I mean, long story short, we don't need to go too much. We don't need to continue with the – the trend of only talking about this guy because they have other good players on that defense and that team. Uh, I've never seen anything on any level of any kind of sport with what they do with him this year in broadcast. There, there has to be something where they, they, you know, they're hammering that point home. So that's, that's all I got to say on it right now anymore, but it's, I've never seen anything like it on any sport on any level, especially uh, on a Jerome random position. Jerome Bettis, I not even close. I would say, maybe, especially a non a non quarterback. Uh, I've never I've never seen anything like this. Maybe like a Ray Lewis situation, but he was also an NFL Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I'm done with that. He, he did murder a guy. Good for him. Can he murder Thibodeau? <laughs> Hey, Can he murder hey. Phil Knight? Can he murder hey. Phil Knight? All right, I, have all right. hey. I won't joke right, about enough. Thibodeau. I don't know the guy. Can he murder Phil Knight? Enough, joking. Enough, uh, enough, enough shitting on Kayvon Thibodeau. He does have two more sacks than Voitanufi. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you, uh, what do you guys think, though? Because uh, I'll say this, you know, um, I've watched Stanford play Three times this year, um, I, they obviously looked impressive when you consider that they were beating Oregon. The other two times that I've seen them, they look like absolute crap. So I really don't have respect for them. Uh, and yet they beat Oregon. If they can beat Oregon, we can beat Oregon. Um, I don't think we're going to beat Oregon. I, going into last night, I, ha- I was leaning towards thinking the Huskies could beat Stanford because on paper we, we are superior. Um uh, I, I I didn't think that we would have a fourth quarter heroic like we did, um, but but uh, what do you guys think? Um, because if Stanford can beat them, we can beat them. <laughs> oh, there's always you know, you a chance. First. I mean, I, there's always a chance. I'm going to. Uh, I mean, I'm going to watch the game. I can't. Uh, I can't go to this game uh, because of some work stuff. But uh, um, yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. I mean, I, I can't not watch the game. So um, I'm not like I keep joking around and saying they're going to lose, you know, by 70 points, and you know, they're going to, you know, Oregon's going to go in. Oregon's going to go in dry, but you know, Oregon, Oregon will have like uh, one, you know, one or two gimmicky, stupid fucking drives that. Uh, annoy the shit out of you in the first half. Um, and then at some point, you're, I mean, we're probably going to sit there in the third quarter and we'll be behind by, you know, one score or something. And we'll be like, you know, 
Oregon's not that great. They're not beating us by that much. We've got a shot to win the game. You know, I think uh, I think the Huskies will, you know, will hang in there. I, I just uh, I just hope they just stack the box. Don't let this Anthony Brown guy throw the ball on you. He, he's not fucking good. Mm-mm. And just just don't let him throw the ball deep. You know. Um, like Vernon Adams did and was it 2015 where he's just heaving fucking hail Mary's up and our <laughs> NFL, our NFL, our NFL secondary can't find him in the, in the lights of the, of the stadium. For some reason, they picked one that game was amazing. To, to suck. Uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Just, just don't let that kind of shit happen. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, Travis Dye is a fucking two-handed running dork. Don't let him, don't let him beat you know beat the hell out of you next week. Well, and Cardwell had 127 yards on seven carries, and he's their like fourth, third string running back. Yeah, well, look, look who they look who they play. Oh, yeah. He only had 40 yards on the year going into yesterday, so actually, never mind. But yeah, he had 127 yards on seven carries. So, but uh, yeah, Dye's averaging 5.7 yards a carry with 10 touchdowns, and Verdell's averaging 5.2 yards a carry with nine touchdowns. So, um, excuse me, my eyesight's a little blurry there. Six TDs. So, but um, so Verdell's you know, done though, at, right? He's, oh, that's he's right. Done excuse me. The air, yeah. That's play. right, the injury from three weeks yeah. ago. So, so yep, so, yeah, Travis Dye, as you call him, Travis Dye the dorky running back or whatever. <laughs> um, we're we're going we're gonna to have our challenges, though. Because, you know, Stanford was, as Willie Duke pointed out last week, Stanford was entering uh, last night's game uh, last place in the Pac-12 in rushing defense, last place in rushing offense in the conference. And uh, but we're we're going to be dealing with a team that also does really well with misdirection, and um, you know we're we're certainly going to give up some yards on the ground. So, but they've got a quarterback that's not very good. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll hear about it. We'll hear about it all week. That uh, you know, it's 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 not a rivalry. You know, well they they kind of own us and, you know, it's just another game to them. And, you know, we don't think of Washington as a rivalry, but, but then they'll march into, they'll march up here into Seattle, like, uh, you know, the Germans did in France, you know, high on fucking, (laughs) high on fucking Curvitin. Like it's the most important thing they've ever had. And then they'll start throwing the W's upside down. And it's like, oh, I thought we uh, thought we weren't that big of a deal. But, you know, you seem to be hyped up on steroids and fucking hulking up for for a big game that's allegedly not that big. You know, four and four team, it's not a big deal, right? You know, that, that, that's but the I... type of Oregon shit we see. <laughs> I don't think I, the, the the rivalry's lost a lot of luster, though, don't you think? I don't. You guys think have been around end. a long time. I don't think you don't think it's end. dissipated at all, or, or dissipated no, the wrong no, word. I but it, I know we've I fallen think for grows. this trap. We've fallen for this trap over and over again. I mean, maybe it, I don't know how much you're on, you're on you're on Twitter too. I mean, I I try to limit mm-hmm. it, but I almost can't go on because they're so. Uh, the only thing I will say is I feel like almost for Oregon's own good, they're a little bit, you know, not that gloating about Washington falling apart because, you know, they need someone to beat, you know, they need a rival. And, you know, the rest of the country is like, look at your conference, look at your rival. They can't beat Montana. You know, but I don't think, and I think we've seen it year after year. I mean, even in the deep Willingham and Sark years where, you know, it would kind of seemed like they didn't care. Then the game came and you go to the stadium and these people are just psychotic. And on social media, they're psychotic. The team, the team is, their team is jacked up out of their minds to beat Washington. Uh, I, I think, I think Washington, you know, well, it never was a rivalry to Washington. Oregon kind of suckered Washington into a, a rivalry. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you wanted to know, we've talked about the Northwest League and, you know, the WIAA of, 
we're from CJ Woolley and, you know, we tried to, we convinced ourselves that Burlington was our rivalry, but Burlington was not our rival. <laughs> so we, everyone hated Burlington. And Burlington's like, what? And then like, okay, I guess. Uh, I'm glad you hate us so much. We, so now we're on like year 30 of yeah, Oregon, you know, in this rivalry. And then, you know, it, suddenly the, the game gets here and they're, yeah, they're, they're stealing Texas's idea of the, I mean, Oklahoma, the idea of, you know, messing with a symbol that, you know, the dub thing wasn't even really that much of a Washington thing. I'm rambling. Uh, long story short, I think – I don't think it's a rivalry to anyone outside of the Oregon camp that much anymore. And I don't think the Washington players over the years cared nearly as much as they did uh, and still don't. Uh, I would say that uh, maybe uh, – because I, I remember, though – the late 80s and throughout the 90s and early 2000s and um to me there was just uh there was a level of intensity from Oregon and their fans that is it's not on the same level these days uh, based on just the way that I remember it and and look back cuz to me it was a psychotic frenzy back then and even in the early stretches there was kind of like you know okay you guys really don't like us very much i get it you know and uh, but then you know they uh you know they had the uh, the John Wales uh, two missed field goals late in the game, and we lost that one, and we lost the pick, and and there was the uh, oh the guy had the last name same last name as me Pat Johnson he had the diving catch from Achilles Smith in 1998 when Lambeau rushed ten guys <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <it was> like <laughs> um, you know those, those were just like just 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 gut punches or or a dabs to the chest or whatever, you know, ridiculous metaphor you want to use. But so to me, it was like, uh, so then I developed a hatred for them that lasted for a few years. But then after, you know, we were lost like 10 times in a row to them. And it's just kind of like, we're not even really putting up a fight anymore. So how can it really be anything of a rivalry? And then you fast forward to today and it's like, I don't like them, and if they lose, I'm happy about it. But I don't, I don't have this seething hatred toward them at all because it just, um, largely, it has often felt like we're just not, we're not making the same efforts that they are to be a winner, and um, you know, so. But it's a game that I'm most looking forward to, uh, probably you know, throughout the whole season, with the possible exception of Michigan. Before the season started, I was really looking forward to Michigan, and then after Montana, that changed. But um, so, it's but, it's, uh, it's true that uh, I've tried to curb my my uh, hatred for that program um, <clears throat> because they've made they've made like every good decision, you know, regarding their football and basketball and sports programs, which their sports programs started, uh, you know, getting leveled up and hyped up based on their football program because it was like the cool place to go to school. Like you look at any program they have wasn't uh, as big of a deal before, you know, what 2008 or 2009 when when uh was it 2009 when chip kelly that was his first year i think 08 was as head, as head coach head coach yeah yep, 09. yeah 08 was still bloody <laughs> but chip kelly it was the was the oc or whatever but it, it was like like everything they've you know everything they touch you know turns to gold like they can't even they can't even make a shitty choice for longer than a year, like Willie Taggart was a bad choice, and they're they're, they're just blessed with this luck that fucking leaves to go to Florida State after one year, and you know they do like Crystal. Ball I never thought just, of it that way. Well, like Crystal Ball just stumbles, you know, on their lap, and and the uh, the players hiring the coach never fucking works worked for them. You know, <laughs> it never, it never works. I mean, what, I, I guess maybe, maybe Dabo is like the closest thing I can, you know, I can think of where it actually, where it actually worked, but I'm not sure if the, uh, the players 
had anything to do with that. I think uh, Terry Bowden just like he just quit and just anointed Dabo. So, but you know, every everything they they do, they their whole program just has a confidence. Like Wooly Dug and I talk about it all the time. Like you look at their you look at their Jag players. I mean, like Brady Breeze. Does anybody want fucking Brady Breeze over? <laughs> You know, like like Dominique Hampton or uh, Radley Hiles. Like no, nobody would take him over those two guys. But he plays like he's, you know, he plays like he's a fucking All American. And then he gets, you know, he gets drafted in the sixth round, basically, basically uh, playing off of confidence because that team just exudes confidence yes. in each other. Uh, and we got us. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, uh, if we're gonna talk specifically about the game, you know, it, it's a terrible matchup. Uh, it's the opposite of the Stanford matchup, which is why I'm not that excited about it. Uh, but uh, I also do agree. I think there is a rightness to what you said about, you know, the rivalry kind of t- changing a bit. I think I forgot in the 2000s when they kind of tra- traded early 2000s. Traded some wins and losses a bit. Uh, it was a little bit more intense. And then I think the Chip Kelly years where they were just winning like 56 to 21 every year. And I don't think Chip Kelly really fed into the rivalry that much. Uh, no. Kind of helped. And I think Crystal Ball, the 2018 one, where they also worked with the Pac-12 to schedule a bye week before Washington, with Washington coming off at UCLA to get that game. I think Crystal Ball and, and – I think he's kind of given the keys more to Phil Knight with what they do. And I think they kind of ramped that back up when it had kind of died down the Washington hate. And those 2018 and 19, I think they went back to really, really, really charging with, you know, hating Washington again uh, and, and making it their Super Bowl. So they can lose to the Cougs. Uh, that's my, my one hope is Washington is, is not going to win this game. I only all I know is that they're going to be jacked up out of their minds uh, like suicide bombers. And then the next week they're going to lose thirty-four to twenty-four to the Cougs because they blew their wad to beat a four and four Washington team. <laughs> and we have a score update here. It's uh, halfway through the third quarter, and Bijan Robinson has just scored on a one-yard run. Texas has taken a twenty-one to ten lead over Baylor. So I wonder how that's going to turn out. Um, so we won't be able to update it till next week. But uh, okay. Hey, uh, I got a, I got a, I got a spoiler alert. <laughs> Breaking news Stark on the Hardcore Husky coach. podcast. Stark is their coach. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another uh, another little little thing I want to add to uh, the Oregon thing. It's like their their hardcore fan base, which granted they were uh, they were born on third base and thought they hit a triple uh, with the last twenty or twenty five years, but uh, they don't have it. From what it seems to me on you know message boards, Twitter, all this shit. They don't have, uh, you know, a section of their fan base, like, trying to oppress them down, you know, like, hey, don't <laughs> have your expectations too high, you know. Like, we have a – well, we have a – we have a section of uh, our fan base, you know, like, hardcorehusky.com, uh, you know, and there's other uh, – well, I'll just I'll just go out and say it. I I listen to I listen to Jimmy and Chester's show every week. You know, they're they're like us too, right? So we have a small section of us um, that expect big things from this program, and then you know you have guys that hang around on fucking Duke man that are like, hey, you know, we can't just expect to be great every year, and it's like, why why the fuck not? Why, why can't we expect to be great every fucking year, right? Or at least push for it. We have, we have the resources. I mean, there's not yes. a lot of uh, Power Five schools that are in a you know a major 
metropolitan area. I mean, I can really only think of uh, off the top of my head. I can really think of like you know Miami, uh, Minnesota, <laughs> Boston, Boston, yeah, Boston College. Uh, you know, Texas, SMU. You know, Austin. <laughs> I'm destroying your argument, but okay. That is. Uh, just, the LA schools. What? What? Why? Oh, why yeah, the LA schools. Arizona State. Uh, well, there's just not a there's just not a lot. Well, come on, Tempe is not. Tempe is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just saying there's, there's like, you know, there's there's all of us out there that uh <clears throat> that just get told like, oh, we can't we can't just expect, you know, better or whatever. Like I think I think they should like seriously think about what they're what they're doing, you know. It's like do you, do you care about your college football program? You know, I don't. I don't want to just be Wisconsin every fucking year or Iowa. Like, hey, you know what you are, and uh, you just, you know, you just got to deal with it. This is this is who you are. You're Iowa, and and uh, every ten years you're gonna make it to the uh, the Big Ten championship game. And cross your fingers that you know you can get to a Rose Bowl with a ten and three record or whatever. It's like I don't want to be that fucking program. We're not. We're not in. Uh, Iowa City or Des Moines or whatever the fuck they're in. I was going to say Ames, but I was going to say Ames, but that's Iowa, Iowa City. State. Yeah, Iowa City. I, I, I'm, t- I'm tired of being talked down to. Like, hey, you know, you're just, you're just the, the third, you know, best program in in the in the Pac-12, and I think it's fucking nonsense. You know what it is, and it's the difference between Oregon and Washington, is Oregon, from a foundational you know, perspective, they are run by Phil Knight. Phil Knight is a self-made billionaire, like billionaire, billionaire. Uh, and to do that, you have to have crazy irrational confidence, and you create like a, a world where you, you know, put pressure on people and you expect to win. And that is trickled down in that program for years all the way to their fans, because you're totally right. Their fans on social media and on message boards are insane. And there's no, yeah, you're right. There's no percentage of them that has like this husky percentage where they're like, well, you know, we're a small school in Southern Oregon, you know, that, you know, has never had any, never won a national championship. That's just not a thing. And Phil Knight runs the show there and he hires people and puts pressure on people to want to win and think they should win. Washington hires random people to run their athletic department who aren't from successful backgrounds who just kind of are doing their job kind of the way like I might do my job where I'm like, I'm here, you know, I can do good things, but I'm not just absolutely psychotically driven to win. It goes trickles down. It trickles down to the coaches they hire, the pressure on the coaches uh, and the players and the fans. It's just that crazy irrational confidence is a huge driver of success just in life. And I think that's all it is. I mean, they have the people running the show at Oregon want to win really, 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 really bad. Uh, They try really, really hard to win and they think they're going to win where Washington is like, well, the people who run the show for a long, long time are like, well, we'd like to win. Uh, We want to put effort into winning uh, and we hope we win. And it kind of trickles down to everything. It's not just, you know, uh, they're not just psychotically driven the way you need to be to succeed in almost anything and specifically college football. So that's my, that's my stance on what you're talking about. Well, for two decades or more, you know, the Huskies had the Husky hunters with the, uh, the alums that would, uh, they would go around up and down the West coast and they'd show up at a Husky game wearing purple and everybody knew right away. Oh, someone's here from Washington. And, um, you know, uh, we were kind of, at least from stories that I heard from like the the late Herb Mead and stuff like that, it was, we were on the cutting edge, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and That's more how than they one found person. Cam Cleland. That's how they found Cam Cleland. 
That's how we found a lot of guys. Yeah. That's how we found a lot of guys. It was just, you know, growing up, going to, uh, you know, the high school football games, uh, you know, you're like, oh, my God, we have a guy that's going to play for the University of Washington. You know, and then, you know, 10 years later, I find out, oh, there was this segment of people called the Husky Hunters. That's how they, that's how they, you know, uncovered this, this big tall ginger from Big Lake Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, are we capable now of going into LA and, and getting uh, the California Player of the Year like Napoleon Kaufman? No, not right, right. now. That you guy, know, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, but I mean, go right ahead. Right now, that guy, that guy is going to. Uh, East Coast or Southern Power. If he's not, he's going to, to Oregon or he's getting paid to go to USC. I mean, Washington <laughs> is not doing that in any way, shape, or form. No. <laughs> or yeah, Tommy Smith, glad. who's also Player of the Year. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glad uh, DJ uh, fucking ukulele or whatever. Um <laughs> I'm kind of glad. Uh, sorry, that was a that was a joke in poor taste. Like uh, Uyunglele or whatever. Uh, I'm kind of glad he's not he's not as great as you know they hyped him up to be because you know should should tell a California kid like you know just you going to some big time you know program. I'm not gonna say blue blood because Clemson's not a fucking blue blood. Uh, go to some big time program just doesn't doesn't guarantee you the ultimate success, you know, where you know, you could have stayed at USC or UCLA and uh maybe been better off. So I don't know. The whole that whole thing of kids leaving, you know, leaving town. It's all it's almost like it's it's just this this uh new world where you know, the more the more uh, clicks on social media and the more, you know, news you can break for yourself, you know, and build your brand is, you know, better. Like, hey, I'm just going to go to Georgia just because, you know, even the negative attention is, you know, the negative publicity is better, you know, just as good as the positive publicity. You know, as long as my I keep seeing my name on, you know, on Twitter, you know, that's that's good. And you know, and and then I can go and I can go on Facebook and I can say, oh, I just want to silence the haters. Like, no, you created your own haters. Like, dude, nobody had <laughs> hatred toward you before. You know, before this day, before you, you know, you strung along a hometown school and then decided to go somewhere else. Like, you know, you fucking like attention whore drama queens out there. Anyways, I, I'm rambling. I'm rambling too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you guys have any final thoughts before we, we wrap it up for this week? Um, I think I've said my piece. <laughs> yeah, I I mean they can beat Oregon. They won't. They won't. It's like so many of those things that line up. It's not a good matchup. Uh, Oregon wants to run the ball. Husky's run defense, I think, is getting better, but it's not going to be good enough to stop them. Uh, and then Oregon can stop the run, and the Huskies are not going to be able to. Do anything offensively against any team that, you know, can't, isn't just terrible against the run. Uh, and they have a mobile quarterback. I, it's going to be like, I think as Joey said, it's going to be one of those games where they're kind of in it the whole time, kind of like the UCLA game. I think they might have a time when they get down. It looks like they might get blown out, but Oregon's not good enough to really put the hammer down. They'll get back in it. And then Anthony get ready for like three touchdown runs from their bad quarterback. <laughs> like a four yards where they're on like fourth and three and he kind of clumsily rolls out and then suddenly just takes off uh, in there. And then we all again, go back to Washington and be like, you know, we've had a bad offense for how many years and never have been able to be like, you know what? If you just have a genuine quarterback who can run, it's better than uh, having a guy who can't pass and also can't run. So yeah, I, I'm not excited about it, but I do think they could win. Uh, they're, they're, they're good enough to win, and I think they showed that last week, you know, given they beat 
it doesn't mean you just because you beat a team to beat a team does not mean that you can beat a team. But I think they showed that they they have enough pulse to do it. They won't. They'll lose like thirty eight to like to like twenty one or something. Yeah, I think the I, I think the dogs uh, hang around uh, hang around for a while, and uh, you know, Oregon probably runs away late, say thirty four seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I was generous well, with that think... 21 points. <laughs> They're not scoring 21. Uh, yeah. Well, I think they could if they and if it... they just opened up the passing game. They could. Oregon is really bad against passing. Uh, their pass defense is not good, but the Huskies can't pass exactly, so, and and they can't protect. And Oregon can pressure the quarterback. Uh, and that's so it's just a terrible matchup. <laughs> Oregon's good on turnover margin. They don't make mistakes, which, you know, the last two games Huskies won, that's been a big part of it. Uh, Cristobal is a really bad game manager, which gives me some confidence, but I have a feeling now he'll be smart enough to just run the ball, you know, and, you know, get into third and short over and over again and just keep running. Seventh-year senior Travis Guy, who any other program would, you know, never do anything, but at Oregon somehow he's unstoppable. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's a good matchup and I would be more optimistic if it was like a different kind of matchup, you know? Well, I think the Huskies are going to be, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just one just one little thing on what I was rambling about earlier is, is that, you know, there's, there's some of us out there that, that want greatness, want, you know, want this. And then there's, you know, then there's, you know, the flagship station and, uh, and Duke man, the, uh, the quote unquote, you know, leader in Husky, you know, coverage or whatever that, that want you to temper your enthusiasm as a fan, you know, and there's, you know, we're, yes. we're kind of being shoved, you're kind of being shoved to the, you know, to the side. I, I'm, it's, it's getting me really, uh, I mean, it's just getting me so bitter, like, bitter being a Husky fan at the, at our own fan base. It's not like, that's why I've, it's, it's helped me temper my hatred towards Oregon. It's like, they, they just don't, you know, they, this is what they want. You know, they, they want, they want this, they're striving to get it. And, you know, there's, there's, we're, we're kind of running out of, uh, of, of hardcore, you know, Husky fans out there that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's it's really it's really driving me nuts right now. So um, yeah, well, I as think, Ray, uh, as Ray, I think I've stressed it enough. <laughs> I think I've stressed it enough. <laughs> as Race Bannon said on the boards at Hardcore Husky a few days ago earlier this week, and he said that really the last remaining true fans are at Hardcore Husky, and and on the surface that sounds like kind of a ridiculous. Uh, homerish type of thing to say or whatever, but in the context of what you just said, Joey, it's it's uh, very it's very true. The anybody with like really high standards, um, you know, I, I know that uh, what's his name, Chest, isn't uh, part of our community anymore. But you're right, he's of the same mindset in in regards to expectations for the program. But you know, I think there's a lot of people that hang out on Hardcore Husky that probably don't even particularly like all the hijinks and sophomoric ridiculous comments and jokes and repeated inside jokes and stuff. But I think that they're in our orbit and they hang out there because underlying all of it, everybody really, really wants this program to win. And there's kind of a sense, whether it's conscious or uh, or subconscious, that they know that this is really the the place to you'd be hanging out with like-minded people that want to see it win. And if you hang out at some place like Duke man or something, uh, there's just the, the deflated expectations and a, and a softness to it. So. Well, you can't joke around. Look, the jokes are just like how you would, you know, go about your, you know, your own personal life is, you know, you're, you're miserable about something, you know, maybe you could need a good laugh or something. So sure. I, I look at I look at our goofy shit, you know, as like, hey, we've we've been uh, you know we've been sucked into this uh, 
just this pit of despair since since uh you know the 92 season i mean it just or you know, we'll something well i mean if you really think about it we've only had a couple bright shining moments since uh since the you know the the sanctions so i mean it it's uh you know it's just something that uh you know we do to you know probably keep our minds off of, off of how crappy the program's been run for 30 fucking years you know it's uh yeah it it it, 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 it's just fascinating to me how you how how you can just be um you know oppressed as a as a hardcore fan i mean you know fuck you dick fame you know you just fucking big dork you laugh at your own stupid fucking jokes and you're trying to you're trying to spin us that, you know, Jimmy Lake is like the equivalent of Chris Peterson. Like, oh, oh, he's one in seven, you know. They're both one in seven in conference play after their first. Like, shut the fuck up. God. I mean, do you do you know how stupid you sound right now? God. It's this not is, helping it's anything. Not a, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not the same circumstance, you know. Yet it's complete coaching regime change, and then you know between Sark and Peterson, and then you have basically Peterson and Jimmy Lake, which was supposed to be just like a, you know, like a continuation of the same uh, coaching regime. Like, like God, you you, you want to like have these hard takes or something? You just sound like a complete fucking tool. And and I can start, you know, I can start pointing out things Softy said a decade ago too, but then we go way down the rabbit hole. But um, yeah, but I think Softy's starting. I think he's like the only sort of voice of reason on that radio on that radio station right really? now. So, well, he says he says little things like, uh, you know, when Baird and Greg Lewis and Cam they they just do all this dude coach speak stuff, you know, on the honks show and, and soft, just like, I, you know, you can tell, you can tell they're like way too positive for him right now. And he, he kind of sees it, but knows, I mean, he knows where he knows he's got to bend the knee to the man, you know, on, you know, uh, being the flagship station or whatever, but I think he kind of understands, you know, I, I think, I think uh, the aforementioned Jimmy and Chester have called enough times in the post game show that <laughs> I think I think even so, uh, they're starting to talk softy into into our side of the hardcore husky side, you know, like yeah, like, like we we can't we can't go uh, can't go very much further with this with this dooginess of of uh, well, we, you know, we can. We can beat seven and five and win a game seven and six as long as you win the game. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I love these kids. Uh, like, like, like I said, I have a lot of free time at, at work that uh, I could do impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> to indifferent coworkers. <laughs> uh all right, gentlemen. Anyways, uh, 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 I'll just do a George Carlin bow. And that's, that'll be it for me today. <laughs> <laughs> the seven words you can't say on KJR or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, win. Win. Uh, <laughs> blow out. <laughs> So, all right, well, nice talking with you guys as always, and we'll we'll hit it again next week. Yeah. All right, yeah. Thank you for right. putting up with me. <laughs> no Goodbye. worries, my friend. Talk, Happy Halloween. Talk to you soon. Happy Halloween. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, 
and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber... Peyote. Peyote. Come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information. All for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but... <laughs>